are in the Dog Zone Q Sen. We're the podcast for the final comedy website, 1900hotdog.com. Support our Patreon, buy things at our store. I'm enduring legend of World Web Hilarity, Sean Baby, joined by someone with the same credentials, Robert Super Hanjabu Brockway. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm here with a Brockway fact that contradicts that. I, I think so I think if I was a Japanese comedy bit, I don't think I'd be a hand job. I think I'd be force feeding an old man a raw egg. <laughs> uh, no follow-up questions to that. I, I have none. I know exactly. What you, it's a perfect segue into our first, uh, our first order of business, our guest. We're joined by the Sandy Bergman of Funny, the Brigitte Nielsen of our hearts, our own Lydia Bug. Hi, thanks for having me. I, I don't actually, I'm not going to say thanks for having me this time because of the ordeal you put me through. I'm going to say, yeah. I, hello, I am here. You're welcome. It's Lydia Bug. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> Lydia, this if you dumb. were a Japanese comedy bit, which bit would you be? Um, Putting on a silly hat and walking into the room casually. Oh, that's yes. a good one. What about you, I Sean? Like that one. Uh, Tearing off armpit hair, putting on a weird little paddle, holding it to frame my face and saying, (laughs) Miko des. Just 50 times in a row. Uh, Stick with us, listeners. I promise this will make sense. (laughs) This was your idea. This was your idea, Brockway. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, they can't. You have to listen to the end to find out it's a lie, then. Fine. Brockway, do you want to explain what we're doing? Yeah, all right. I guess it's a fun. I guess we've had enough fun. We'll just get right oh, to it. Oh, is that all? Okay, you're right. I, uh, we should plug in banter. Yeah, Lydia, what do you got to plug? Uh, yeah, man, I can't, I've been doing a bunch of podcasts lately, and they always ask that, and I have nothing going on, and I'm just like, how dare you ask me to plug my stuff? Um, always got a Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You can you can follow me on Twitter at you know Lydia. I guess. I try and treat regularly. You do have a great uh, weekly column at the beloved comedy website, 1900hotdog.com. Well, of course. That's what I always plug on other on other podcasts is I plug <laughs> the fantastic last comedy website on the internet, 1900hotdog, where I have a weekly column. But I feel like people mm. listening to this might know that. <laughs> One would hope. But you, know, you never know. You would be surprised. We have a ton of listeners that only listen to the podcast and don't go to the website. And that's what I would like to plug. Go to the website. I would, yeah. I would like to plug us and the oh, money yeah. that I would like for you to give us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, make money from Patreon, so you got to go to the Patreon and then sign up, and you get a whole bunch of extra articles and other, like, fun stuff. Somebody just uh, heard that for the first time, and it's like, they have a what? They have a what? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's our business model. Occasionally, every few years, asking for money. And then, like, once every six months, you went to the store, too. That's oh, true. right. The store. Yeah. Uh, we do have a merchandise store. Thank you, Lydia. Uh, I'll plug it. Something I have never done and will never do again. It is poxcostore.com. P-O-X-C-O store.com. We got shirts of apes. We got mugs of hot dogs and, and more apes if you want them. Maybe we got it all. All right. Gentlemen and ladies. Well, that's right, so okay. That's enough fun. Now we'll, I think we did. That's now we'll get to what we're doing. And plugging. Uh, we are talking about Documental Season 5. Uh, we have talked about Documental on, on the show before. We covered the first season. Uh, very briefly, it's a Japanese comedy reality competition. And the idea is you get 10 comedians in a room together. In- increasingly uh, naked. 
Well, that comes later. The, the, the core of the idea wasn't you have to get increasingly naked. It wasn't like right. <laughs> every hour wasn't that counts it? down, you must be naked. That, they brought that on themselves. But you get That's 10 comedians. It used to be a building block of the show, though. It's it is. Integral. I'm saying they choose it. It's important. It's very important that they choose it. Otherwise, this feels like a real different show. Uh, anyway, you get 10 comedians in a room and they are not allowed to laugh. Uh, you got like six hours. They can bring a bag or so of props and they get cards. Uh, they get a yellow card, uh, an orange card. And if they get a red card, they're out. So you can laugh three or you can laugh twice. The third time you are knocked out. Uh, there's the, some discretion there. It's yeah. It's all just played by ear by the host, uh, Hitoshi Matsumoto, who just watches in the background with like a room full of supervillain monitors <laughs> with two giant <laughs> buttons that say start and stop. And an alarm goes off. If he thinks you laugh, and uh, yeah, it's the first season we did, and it, it's a fascinating look because it's not always or even very often funny. It's right. more interesting to watch comedy break down, to watch comedy break down to its core or try to build and, and to watch this like cross-culturally. The first season was very much about us like trying to wrap a handle around how different Japanese comedy is that they have this sort of vaudeville structure to this day, but then how like they're still the same when they talk about it. Like they cut to the the exit interviews or in between interviews and their banter is identical yeah. to like, if you like, would do this anywhere else in any other. Thing. And very sophisticated. It wasn't like, oh, I thought the banana peel was a great idea. It's like, no, see what I wanted to add an element of surprise to the absurdity. And then those two would collide. And then that would, you know, it's like, yeah, they'll okay, talk so about like how bits intersect and build and like yeah. what, what makes them laugh and like how they get in their heads about it. And like the result is like something. A, and who's like a master of the craft, you know, like, like Oh, this, that was amazing that right then he like knew masterful. that's when he should take his balls out. That was yeah. amazing. I love that. I have that in my notes so many times how they like admire each other's like, comedic like discipline or decision making and it's so funny now it's it's very i would i would like to praise myself and my boldness for bringing this to the podcast twice because <laughs> as i said in the first one when we covered it the first time i'm not sure how interesting this is to non-comedians that aren't us and have seen this show like this might be a terrible I podcast because well, it's definitely gonna be a terrible podcast we don't know what we're doing because it also might think... be a terrible show if you're not a comedian like i don't understand oh i think it's a terrible show i think it shouldn't exist i, don't, I think if you asked me to do a third in this series i would say no i would decline if you do another one of these you're gonna have to have another guest because i was sitting down to watch these i felt a weight in my heart <laughs> did not think i would see i don't think they're exceptionally funny there are a few funny minutes but i find them just enduringly fascinating and the seasons uh, like I didn't find many of the seasons in between fascinating, but this one in particular, I brought season five because it is the first time that one guy in particular comes on and just dominates from start to finish. Yeah. Absolutely destroys. He seems to have like a, a specific game plan, like a list of things he's going to use on specific people. And it works flawlessly from beginning to end. And it's terrible. It's never funny. It's always yeah. obnoxious. And he just murders the entire show. And I thought that was just <laughs> a completely fascinating season. And I, it's funny you mention it because if if I could, if like everybody loves this podcast, which I don't think they will, 
But <laughs> again, this is going to be awful. But, for joining us. but if if everybody loves this podcast, like I think I would, there are other seasons like the season after this, it's half women. And uh, they oh, finally no. they finally get to team up and like, you know, banter back and forth because they, they had like a woman on a single woman mm-hmm. and she wound up crying because nobody would do bits with her like. It, they wouldn't banter like the same way as they would with other yeah. people. And then so they had like half women on and they team up and kind of do bits with each other. And they just do this same thing. They run the gamut. Like the, the that season ends with just the women left and like one guy, like the least funny guy who is just utterly helpless. And it's it's fascinating to watch. There's a band season that they they removed from the air. I have no idea why or oh. what's on it. Like what they could put, possibly be worse than what they put this season? A they put this murderer. on the air. There's a band season. There's also a season where they kept this exact same structure, like nobody can laugh. And then they just put non-comedians on it. It's all just like people. <laughs> it's okay. it's like it's like a fucking young adult novel dystopia, like the way they experiment with this show. <laughs> It's just constant. Now, like, you say like there's no appeal to it, but it has been recreated in basically every color, er, every culture except America. Like there was just a, a big Canadian one with uh, Tom Green and Dave Foley and Colin Mockery and uh, Taco from the League. Uh, right, John and that's Wong. see, I don't get why it's interesting to non-comedians. So like, I don't get what anybody gets out of this show if you're not a comedian. Like, if you are a comedian, I think it's fascinating watching. This interact, especially when it's from another culture that I'm so unfamiliar with. Right. Well, uh-huh. that was interesting about the Canadian one. It's like, that's close enough to America that I, I get it. <laughs> and it, it's still just a weird, really weird idea for a show. This fucking weird um, backwards Canadian comedy. It's like proto vaudeville. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. I think I, what uh, works about the show is uh, Hitoshi Matsumoto. He comes off as like this drill sergeant, this cranky drill sergeant of comedy school. Like he's having a fun time. But he's like very judgy and like uh, I don't know, like wizened, and uh, so like he'll speak about taking your dick out like it's samurai bushido. Which is, <laughs> it's it's so funny to me, That's and good. it's a vibe no other version gets. Like the Canadian one has Jay Baruchel as the host, and he's just kind of like a a goofy foul mouthed kid pretending to host his dad's talk show. And Australia has Rebel Wilson, and she kind of hosts it like like just. She's Chris Hardwick. Like she's just sort of enthusiastically reading cue cards uh, and, so, you know, sometimes remembering to talk with inflection, but most just like just getting through the fucking cue card. I would love to watch the Canadian one with like Dave Foley doing Samurai Bushido about taking <laughs> yes. your dick out. Like just yeah, how no, it does not translate. Total opposite. Like he comes on, he's just like, I fucking hate comedy. I hate all this shit. And it's like he's really old and bitter and uh, he doesn't hide it. And it's not a bit that he's doing. Like I've seen his standup, his modern standup. And it's very much like, fuck my ex-wife. I'm only doing this because she's getting like 80 grand a month for child support. And like, oh man, I could have fucked Uma Thurman in her prime. That's a real bit that he does. Because he like walked Uma Thurman to her car and he was going through like a shaky divorce. And so he was staying faithful to his wife. But like he saw an opening kind of. And like it was the most fucking... I could have been something bullshit like it's, but it's a part of his act now. Like he just carries that bitterness with him everywhere. And so he goes in that show and he's, he opens with a Holocaust joke. Like it's just like, okay, I, we, oh, it's a bold choice. Dave Foley. But I imagine uh, he doesn't laugh a lot. He did eventually. I can't even remember what happened, but it was, uh, I think he just wanted to leave. Then there was a trailer park boy and he left cause he, uh, uh, 
uh, had to take a crap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just <laughs> they didn't give you a bathroom. They at least give them a bathroom in the Japanese. Oh, they version. did, but he was like, "Dude, I'm really gonna well, fucking blow that thing up." Let's be real. The Japanese version, they can and would just do it right on the table. Yeah, and they would think it was. They would think that was great. Nobody ever (laughs) used the bathroom in the Japanese version. I said Trailer Park Boy. I think I meant Slater Kinney. Oh, you mean Letterkenny? Letterkenny, not not the Portland like. (laughs) You meant Slater Kenny was on this. I meant Slater Kenny, the the '90s band from. Uh, yeah, yeah, you get it. I, I think it's because Liddy's here and you wrote the Trailer Park Boys comic. Yeah. I'll plug for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wrote for two two issues of it. And the graphic novel, which is out recently. I could have plugged that. You could have plugged that. I'm well, glad I fucked it up. Thank you. <laughs> well, it all, it I would argue well. you just did. Yeah, right. there we go. Uh, season five has a few things different. Uh, if you listen to the first show, it was just the bare bones rules of you can't laugh, you get three cards. It kind of iterates every season, so you're dealing with like a couple of iterations later. So they have two new mechanics that you need to know about, which is the zombie system. Which is if you get knocked out, uh, you just go to like a green room, and then you and the other comics can like team up and you come back in periodically to try to get the other people out. And uh, mm-hmm. there's a helper system where every single person in that room now can call on like one helper to help them do one bit. I think those are. Those are all the rules. We should probably go through mm-hmm. the cast real quick. Real quick. There's just like 45 of them. Real quick. Yeah. Right. There's a... Uh, uh, I want to talk about how they set this up because the whole first episode is basically just a cast list. And I really like how it cuts to uh, Hitoshi and he's like, oh, he's really thinking hard about, oh, this guy's a powerful opponent. Oh, good at offense. Ooh, also very strong on defense. Like he's so building he a, a team yeah. of warriors. Yeah. And then yeah. the... The guy writes title cards based on like what he's saying. So if he's like, um, this guy has a, has a face that where he's always smiling. And then the, the title card will go naturally smiley, like in these <laughs> dramatic letters. I love it. He also said that he felt like this season he understood like who would do well on the show and who wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was funny that there were some people that he was basically like, yeah, this guy sucks. I don't yeah. think he's going to do a good job. <laughs> 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 oh, we forgot to mention also everyone has a personal stake uh, where they have to bring 10,000, 100,000, I don't know, $10,000 American uh, and that, that's like their bet. And then the winner takes home everybody's money. Right. And then you take and home I, the 100,000 or whatever it is. Yes. At the end. I think that's this what is an this important is element to the show. It's not like a bunch of celebrity comedians like in the other countries where it's like these guys have like a, maybe it's not much of a personal stake. Maybe it's not even real. But it like makes it so they have some sort of an honor to win this. Even yeah, they if it's talk just like a gentleman's at bet. the first episode. A lot of them talk about like having to take out loans. I'm not familiar with the culture. I know some of these people are fairly big names every once in a while, but then some of mm-hmm. them seem like they're just starting out or just kind of right. obscure working comedians. And uh, that I kind of believe their bit where they're like, I had to take out a loan to get this money. And, uh, I think a lot of people would have trouble if you said, hey, I need a stack of $10,000 cash like tomorrow. Yeah. I think most people would be like, I can't really make that happen easily. I mean, I can make it happen maybe. Yeah. I, I think that um, this season, the only people that really mentioned having trouble was Jimmy who said no one will give me a loan even. Yeah. Which the which Hitoshi gives them loans apparently sometimes. And he said even Hitoshi wouldn't give him a loan this season to be on the show. That's bad money. That's a bad bet. Thinking Jimmy's going to win this invite show. You, invite you on the show 
and then not loan you the money to do it. No, you fucking sell some blood or something, Jimmy. Just this traumatic thing where you, your naked dick and ass are going to be on TV and we pay you negative $10,000. And you're going to do it anyway. All right. Well, so the, there's there's Hitoshi Matsumoto, who's the host. He's the guy with the, the buttons and the, the monitors. Uh, there's Ryuji Akiyama. Uh, he's kind of looks like every metal groupie that you've ever seen. Like he, he should be touring with Metallica or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a real dungeon. Uh, I loved I, I his... called him skater boy. I thought he had a skater look. <laughs> he, he had like yeah. a skater vibe. Uh, his comedy he's group. All around it. His comedy group's name is Robert. <laughs> that's that's his truth. What an that's honor good. for you. Yeah. Uh, they showed a little clip of him and what he did last time he was on in season three, where he literally gave a guy an extended lubricated hand job, uh, yeah. very nearly to completion. And then they, of course, have that guy back on. Uh, that's Kobayashi. Kind of looks like a like a retired UFC guy. And for his interview, as they bring him back on, he says his biggest regret was not ejaculating on the show. He feels like. <laughs> If he had ejaculated, uh, that would have really gotten him all the way. Yeah, uh, and it genuinely seems like it haunts him. He said, if only yeah. I could have ejaculated. Yeah, why couldn't I ejaculate? Everybody would and have that laughed. was when I was like, oh, this oh, no, isn't going to be fun yeah. for me to watch. <laughs> there but, um, is... Go. That is the exact thing that drove Arnold Schwarzenegger to be a movie star and governor. That need to ejaculate. <laughs> to yeah, constantly be punk. ejaculating. <laughs> It's, it's yes. how every comedian feels when they're really on point. When they're really giving a guy a hand job and they know it's hilarious, they, they feel that pump, like their skin's going <laughs> to burst. And it's just, can you believe how much they're in heaven? They, um, speaking of uh, ejaculating, they found him in the red light district when they were handing out the invitations. And they're like, dude, what are you doing over here in the prostitution area? And he's like, oh, I'm looking for some comedy material. So I think hand jobs are really central to this guy's uh, comedic process yeah, yeah. They, i would you know what i would agree i wouldn't even call him out i would say yes you have proven multiple times on national tv international tv that hand jobs are a part of your comedic process not a flimsy excuse you're allowed to write this off i would nobody will prosecute you i actually did love that he smoked the entire time all yeah. throughout the show i thought that was a really baller move and exactly what i would do on the show because smoking like kind of mellows you out see and he mm -hmm. seemed really calm the whole time like that was smart it gives you something yeah. to do yeah there's there's a yeah. lot of techniques they use uh there was shigeo who's like a little giggly baseball boy <laughs> uh there's kano eiko who kind of looks like I... he's in a boy band 20 years ago and like now this is what he does. And I liked his intro I, because uh, Matsumoto <laughs> said, I think this guy really sucks. Like, he was yeah. yes. yes. And he was correct. <laughs> he says he's not. Yeah, he was very correct. He was completely correct. says word for word, he's not funny at all, but that might work to his advantage. And then Kano, by his own admission, says most of his laps come from how he fucks things up. <laughs> and he doesn't do that on purpose. So... He's an accidental Tim Heidecker character who knows he's an accidental Tim Heidecker character. And um, also I wrote down that he, he looks like he just got cheek fillers. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Takahashi, the second he sits down, calls him out on it. He's like, dude, have you always had those lines on your face? <laughs> and he's like oh. totally embarrassed. Like, oh, I just got busted, like getting my face work done. Yeah. That's what like, that was. There's so much that doesn't translate that I, I didn't catch that. But yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I think he tried He's to play it off archer. like an aging joke, but it was definitely like, no, you, yeah, you had some work done. had a little work done. Yeah. He was an archer. I looked him up. He uh, 
not an Olympic archer, but like the, like a competitive samurai archer. So that's that's some good backstory. And then for he Chief fell Bones. into being an incompetent comedian professionally. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's a spectacle. Uh, let's see. There was Jinai, who uh, has just a real dad vibe to the crew. He's just everybody's mm-hmm. cool dad. Uh, I believe Matsumoto called him out as like having too much dignity uh, for this show. And he says, like, there's not right. a lot of people who are going to get naked on this season. And he was incorrect. That's <laughs> yeah. a very incorrect <laughs> claim to make. I forget who it was, but one of the guys said, we just had lunch last week and talked about what we would do on the show. And you said, I would never go on that show. (laughs) Here you are. I believe that was Junior, who kind of looks like Japanese Lurch. And (laughs) I had Mr. Spock, but yeah. A little bit, too. Yours is better. Yours is better. And uh, he brought nothing to the show. Everybody brings a bag full of props. He brought nothing. And then mm-hmm. he, his whole thing was he would like set up bits for other people to do. And he was really good at it. Yeah. Like, yeah. but he doesn't have his own bits. And it was just a very strange dichotomy. There was a uh, Yamauchi who looks like a Japanese Jimmy Carr. And there was, <laughs> uh, was it Tamaru? Uh, the Chow guy? His, I, I, I wrote down the, uh, for Yamauchi's uh, title cards, it said, Poker-faced King of Conte, unfair-face, the regular winner of contests. <laughs> unfair <And> face. So, uh, <laughs> unfair face. And he actually had a lot of trouble with the money. He said that he he won a comedy contest, but he burned through that prize money. So this is this is a matter of like financial need for him. You could tell too. Like I felt. I felt like he was um, more stone faced, like trying really hard. Not like when he broke, he really broke. It wasn't like mm-hmm. a, uh, there, there was moments where it was close. And I also thought that he was the best actor. I was like, that guy could oh, win yeah, an yeah. Oscar when he gets into a character. He is like in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely had like he had some actually pretty solidly planned bits that he knew. And he had some good timing deploying them. Yeah. But he also just. He happened to find some things funny that uh, I don't really understand, but that's his prerogative. Uh, and then there was, oh, you have your cheat sheet here. Uh, Tamura is Spit Curl, who, yeah. as near as I can tell, the only thing he does is he says chow like this. Chow. And that's right. it. That's that is all he did. a comedy career in Japan. Now, he said, he's talked a lot about like, Financial stuff. Uh, his title card said "Strong Nerves, Side Business King of Kansai," and then he gave a really insane speech about the Industrial Revolution and how now there's a financial revolution. Yeah, and I he's was a like, Bitcoin bro. I forgot. He's like yeah, crypto. Yeah. He's a crypto guy. And the first thing he mentioned was he saw the big pile of cash and he's like, "Oh, maybe cash is better than virtual currency." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, goddamn! Of course, crypto bro." Yeah, you're gonna have crypto bros. Uh, there's Jimmy Onishi, who I think he was on the first season. Yes. He is yeah. just he like a broken, diseased little kobold of a man. Like, yeah, he's very much some sort of gremlin. He's so <laughs> sad. He was my least favorite character on the first season. And then I could not believe it when he came on this season. I was like, are you kidding me? He's 55 he's years old. His body is almost as destroyed as mine. Uh, he came in to the room already dressed as a hospital worker, and then he just started giving away like all of his bits before they started. And they kept saying, like, right. Jimmy, don't do it. Like he walks in the room and he's like, I got my hands caught in a train door, and his hands are all like swollen and weird looking. And they're like, I would have yeah. laughed if you had told me that when the contest started. Like, oh, right, right, right. He's just he should not be he here. Said, 
<laughs> he said that if he loses, he works for six months for free, which means I'm doing the math here. He makes $20,000 a year, which seems hard in Japan to get by on. Title card agrees. And uh, the title card says, Documentals Saddest Story. <laughs> <laughs> it truly is. Uh, yeah, he makes me sad all the time, but also also happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy I, he's I doing his Jimmy. thing. He is not uh, intellectually prepared for this. He is like a giant stupid baby. <laughs> and lastly, there is Hollywood Zakoshi, who is the guy that just fucking dominates and he dresses in a cowboy hat and cowboy boots with a shirt that says Hollywood. And his entire shtick, as near as I can tell, is making a really stupid face and doing like a fifth graders impersonation of an idiot. Just the aggressive yeah. voice. And he's screaming. Like, a lot of screaming. Yeah. And they call like him 90s Jim Carrey. They call him the master of 200 million impersonations. And all of them are just yelling while he makes that face. And uh, in, in any other scenario, you would be like, oh, that guy sounds annoying and like he sucks. Everybody in this competition thinks he's the funniest person who has ever lived. And yeah. he completely destroys all the time, nonstop, start to finish. And it's it's amazing watching this happen. Yeah. And he seems like he's having such a ball. Like even when no one's around, he's doing bits for no one. Like he's enjoying himself so thoroughly doing these insane, stupid faces. Well, yeah, he's like he's like an ADD kid. I think he probably, you know, I think he probably literally is, and he just has to constantly be doing something. Yeah. And so it's it's this, and everybody thinks it's just great. Uh, as we're opening up, uh, they're all talking about like setting it up. Jimmy is already fucking everything up. Uh, they're like, Jimmy, you're dressed like a maniac. This can't be good gamesmanship. History has shown all of your jokes are just ridiculous costumes anyway. So you're just inoculating us against this, right? And then um, the smiley guy, uh, Takahashi Shigeo, he's like, okay, guys, I have natural smiley face. So like, and he goes to Hitoshi, he goes, hey, is this face okay? And then he just gives him the kindest, most gentle smile. Like, he's just, <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. just like, is this, is his face just natural, uh, like adorable little happy face? But I believe him. He he just has a natural yeah. smiley yeah, little face mouth rest that way yeah <laughs> so much of this season of what i laughed at was the faces they made when they were trying not to laugh because they came yeah. up with kind of a system this season where instead of laughing they'd make like a, a weird crazy mouth <laughs> and they wouldn't count it as laughing because i think they know it's funny right <laughs> like jimmy's uh jimmy onishi's strategy for not laughing was to open his huge carp mouth as wide as it would go <laughs> and just look at the sky and shake. And it was, it was so, so funny. It was so funny. and so disturbing watching him do this over and over again. Every time he wanted to laugh, like somebody would do something funny and he would just go carp. He would go like, like just an unattended Muppet. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the hand just fell out of it. Someone sniped the puppeteer. Like a, uh, like a Muppeteer just died. <laughs> yeah that's uh, i couldn't think of how to describe it but that's perfect <laughs> yeah uh do you remember jimmy's first bit liddy oh yeah i do just well first he drank mouthwash apparently they have a poisonous mouthwash. mouthwash 
in Japan. <laughs> yeah, if you drink, it's very bad for you. So, of course, he, like, takes a shot of that. And then there's a weird collaborativeness on this season where someone does a bit and, like, if someone else sees it, it starts to break another person. They keep going. Right. So someone must have thought it was kind of funny because then they were like, you know what you should do to, like, wash that down is you should let me crack this raw egg into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's also kind of an unspoken thing where if someone tells you to do something, you have to do it. So I mean, Jimmy's yeah. like, yeah, baby, crack that egg right in my mouth. <laughs> and he sits down and throws his head back and they crack a whole raw egg into his mouth and he eats it and this 55 year old man it's like the first two minutes of this show he yeah. he drinks poison they crack a raw egg in his mouth and <laughs> nobody laughs uh but no chance but Sakoshi no. makes his really stupid face that they have seen before a million times because it's his whole act and now they're all in trouble like yeah. they just they just are dead you can't even look at this guy without breaking yeah huh. They get in an argument about improv, which I thought is funny. Like one guy's like, hey, well, hold on. This is a fucking improv game. And then he goes, well, yeah. And that's like the whole point of the show. And then he's like, no, dude, I fucking hate improv. And, uh, <laughs> and they started getting a discussion about that, which I thought was really funny that someone would enter into a, an obviously improv comedy show and, and, and just hate it, have a contempt for it as a, as a concept. And yeah, like get ready to have a terrible eight hours, dude. <laughs> It's great to watch them like talk mechanics of comedy like no that's not my style of comedy when as near as I can tell their comedy is it's this it's like no I hate improv my comedy is entirely about my one testicle being out while I say the word bird over and over again (laughs) okay I mean they they talk structurally the same as the most complicated bits but then it's just it's just about madness that you will never understand like yeah. culturally very specific madness that you cannot approach. There were a few times this season when I thought, okay, that was set up and executed well, which yeah. the first mm-hmm. season there were zero times when Absolutely. that happened this season, there were like three or four bits that I thought were well executed. Yeah. But you I can don't see know. him watching and like learning from previous seasons, like how the game is supposed to go, which I think is why Zakoshi comes in with like a game plan. Like he didn't know who was going to be there, but he has like, I'm going to use this, this and this. He has like a set list and like people to try to use it on as he goes through. And I think he's the only one so far in the season that does that. He does these, mm-hmm. uh, his is a centerpiece of his stick is doing an over exaggerated impression. Only they all sound the same because they're all just, just yelling. And uh, he does one of those at the start. And it almost cracks like everybody in the room. I think I think it's Junior that that is the first one to say, "My God, his power is amazing." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he in one of his testimonials he said that like uh, the second he saw the show, he's like, "Oh, I need to go on the show." And all of his fans wrote him and it's like, "Why aren't you on this fucking show?" And so he's had like four seasons to be like, "Dude, what? This is what I would do," and and make a game plan. And it's clearly like. He's been obsessed with it and he came in and like executed. So good for him. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they told him at some point they were, I bet they didn't invite him on because they thought he would like dominate by just screaming the entire time. And they told him like, you have to let other people do things on occasion because there are times. When he, yeah, 
there are times when he's sitting there with his arms folded looking so bored when <laughs> other people are doing their routines and i feel like he's just like okay i'm gonna give this guy like five minutes and then mm-hmm. i'm gonna go and take all my clothes off and run out here and scream hit myself in the head with a water bottle i've seen all the seasons that's a bit that's like part of his act is he has an empty water bottle and he hits himself in the head over and over again while yelling and apparently that's a, that's a thing that's comedy that's the joke uh he, it's like uh, like if you had a, like an obnoxious uncle and said hey make make the six-year-old laugh like it's completely the same as most of the show yeah and, and it worked i'm just amazed i think is it maybe like so you get a bunch of comedians together the things that make you laugh are either really dark really inside or really stupid right and so i'm thinking maybe he's like their version of chris farley where it's just <laughs> oh, so yeah. dumb and such an anti-comedy that maybe you're laughing because why would i laugh like oh, sure like aren't we adults why would i laugh at you just spinning around and falling through a table but you're i mean doing i think anyway? of, of falling over as a classic bit like if i i was slapstick person i don't know it's weird because i don't like prank shows like i don't like jackass and stuff but if someone accidentally falls over that's the funniest shit on earth to me i don't yeah. know why yeah accidentally falling over is great but it has to be it has to be pure you can't, yeah you can't but if you can convince me if you can trick me i'll appreciate it and i'll laugh like J- when jimmy fell this season i was like oh heck yeah that's my stuff <laughs> that's i love that <laughs> see i I don't think there's anything unsophisticated about Chris Farley. When he fell through a table, that was like oh, physical yeah. comedy to me. That was pretty genius. No, like, I think Chris Farley's great, but I'm saying like that's the th- kind of thing that's going to make comedians laugh because it goes yeah. so far in the other direction of being well, I guess being the, just completely basic. To more explain my point, I would say that uh, Hollywood Sakoshi's comedy is unsophisticated for the most part. Like he would come in and do something, I'm like. Oof, that dude is really just shaking his dick around. Like, yes, like, there is literally one where he just comes out and he goes, and he shakes his dick and he says that's an impression. And again, it almost gets like everybody out. Everybody he yeah. does it to is just like, I am almost going to die at this. And then they cut to a testimonial of them going, My God, the power, the technique. How, how, how can he contain so much comedy? The majesty of this. <laughs> uh,. <laughs> Janae uh, sucks at Ugiri, uh, which is their the word for the improv. Uh, that's the host of the show says that Janae sucks at Ugiri. And in his little setup, uh, when they explained who he was, he said that he also can't do his own material. Basically, all he can do is sort of make fun of other people doing stuff. So here's a guy who can't do his own thing. Uh, is a situation where you're not supposed to make fun of other people doing stuff and also can't do improv. So it's basically just keep keep on this guy that I mean, fucking sucks at everything. Uh, I just had that in my notes as, as uh, a funny little a detail that this show is actively sabotaging. Yeah. They have like three junior too is the, the is Japanese lurch and he doesn't do, he does says the same thing. Like I don't have my own material. I don't really do improv, but what he does is he knows what's funny and he kind of gives people prompts. He's in sort of like a, almost a host role inside the room. Right. Well, like, that doesn't get him anywhere. It doesn't. The, the show called him the theory-loving onomatopoeic maestro of chatter, which is aggressively nonsense. Wait, Janae or Junior? Junior. 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 Okay, I I thought Junior was maybe the funniest 
in in a way though because yeah, like his face <laughs> yeah he does he had a funny face but like there were times like you know the monkey he bought the monkey mm-hmm. the monkey and- was next level yeah, that was real. I, I genuinely laughed when everyone else laughed when the guy blew the harmonica into the monkey. And it, it you're just... so far. You need like yeah. eight layers of context. I'm sorry. I don't know how you want to do monkey. this. I don't know. No, you just have, we just have to back up and explain. Like he, he brought like a toy monkey on that just records the last thing you say to it and then says it back in like a little creepy monkey voice. And then they I had, would, in res- to respect to this bit, I, I think we should go back even further to the to fart Monica. Monica. Yeah, yeah we, you have to go. Say, we have to explain fart Monica. You're right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Right. There's, there's like eight levels that they built onto this. And for that to be not gibberish to somebody, you, you have to start <laughs> so far back. Right. So, uh, Liddy, why don't you explain uh, Fart Monica, please? Yeah, Fart Monica. This I actually is not usually my type of comedy, but it did make me laugh. It's a game they play backstage at the comedy clubs um, where you put a harmonica in your mouth and someone shoves their hand into your ass like <laughs> as hard as they possibly can so that it clearly hurts. And if you make a noise with the harmonica, you lose. So like that in itself wouldn't be funny, but um I forget who brought it up. The guy with the curl, Tamara? Yeah. D- did it to Ken- Kendo, the guy who's smoking the whole time. And yeah, in the most perfectly timed way, he didn't blow the harmonica when he got like stuck in the ass, but he kind of waited a second and someone asked, did it hurt? And he, he let out just the littlest toot of the yeah, harmonica. It's so perfect. And it f- fucking broke like three people. I think. Yeah. Like, See, that was, was a, that was Zakoshi who did that. Oh, it was Zakoshi. Yeah. They, who yep. did the like, lets out the little soft breath through the harmonica after, after withstanding the pain and being silent. And then at the end, he just this little honk. And that broke breaks a lot of people. And then, so that's the like fart Monica bit. So, There's a, a thing I liked here where uh, the first person who knew the fart Monica was uh, Babyface Yamauchi. Uh, but instead of like poking him in the butt with his fingers, he like rears back and kicks him in the ass and he screams, I'll kill you. <laughs> so like he's expecting an ass poke and he gets like this fucking death challenge. And I that cracked me up. I'm like, this is... This is that sophisticated layers of comedy. Like, he's it. like, oh, dude, you're coming at me with a fucking finger poke to your butt. I, like- I will raise you a death challenge, an unexpected death challenge. Yeah, I liked the escalation. Like, yeah, everybody was like, yeah. that's really messed up that you would say that. And like, yeah, like- in this dead silent room, it, like it's one of many moments on the show that kind of becomes an art piece. Because yeah. then he does it again in his second threat was he looks at him and he says, I will smash you to death. <laughs> that line that got me it didn't get anybody else nobody else thought that was funny like nobody was like holding it back but but Sakoshi's stupid face will get them every single time mm-hmm. anyway so the yeah. bit we were trying to explain now that we have set up Fart Monica and can go deeper into the second level of Fart Monica uh, Sakoshi sits on the couch and he's doing an impression and he does the impressions that aren't yelling the very few he has are always super specific of people that nobody else in the room knows. And he will ask. It was set up too by uh, Ken Koba who like bullied him into it. He's like, do that fucking thing that never makes anyone laugh at your show. And he'll ask everybody, do you know who this is? And they'll say no. And then he'll sit down and do this impression anyway. And Uh they're just very confused. So he's doing this impression of like a tired wrestler, I guess. And Junior takes this monkey that records voices and sets it in front of him. 
and then has this uh no it's it's a uh, it's a uh, actually Kano Eiko who has the monkey and he sets it in front of him and it starts repeating everything that he's saying and then Junior like quietly slips in there without saying a word and hands the harmonica to Zakoshi who puts it in his mouth and blows <laughs> and then there's like a long beat and then the monkey blows back with this terrible screech like it's broken <laughs> the recording device in the monkey and that's just that's so the moment after moment that. on the show. Just it the was noise. so funny. <laughs> There's a moment where Akiyama is over there just kind of watching it and dealing with it. And then when the monkey made the little harmonica sound, he he like makes this O face like he's astonished <laughs> at how funny it is. And <laughs> then a long beat and then starts laughing. I was like, that Yeah, I got it. The him. show there's so much like these moments of joy that you earn for sitting through like 10 really unpleasant naked people. Really unpleasant moments. And then there'll be yeah. these moments. And that's, that's why I'm, I'm with Lydia that I think Junior is actually very funny because they, they, he sees this whole scenario and he's like, I know exactly what should happen here. And he just sneaks in there and like hands somebody something. And he does this several times. Well, he'll just sneak into a bit and hand somebody something or like put something there. He gets yeah. Jimmy once by they. This requires a lot of setup as well. So they're writing their names on water bottles and it's nothing. They're just writing like the wrong names. And then right. Tamura, who is the guy that just goes chow very simply and doesn't seem to have any other bit. It takes him forever as everybody else like has their bit. And finally he writes the name Ichiro and it's nothing. But that gets Jimmy and they ask him why. They ask Jimmy why he thought that was so funny. Yeah, like, why the fuck was that funny? And he just says he thought so long and that's all he came up with. <laughs> Which I did think, like, actually, that is a pretty good anti-comedy yep. bit to think good for a really point. long time. And it's just right, like, I'm assuming the American version would be like, Samantha or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> I thought it was funny just because he's, like, their most famous baseball player ever. And so it's, you know. It's like. I don't know. It's just the dumbest Babe thing. Ruth it's like something, something a child would think. Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't it's know. Just, I have no idea who that was. <laughs> yeah, it's just nothing. But it's so many of these things where people get out as they go into their head and think, like, this is going so badly or something. And that, that would get them. But anyway, he, that gets Jimmy. And then later on, junior, uh, takes those little stacking Dixie cups and he hands them to Jimmy and just, he doesn't say anything. He just slides them in front of Jimmy and points at him. So Jimmy starts opening them one at a time and he gets to the last one on the outside is written Ichiro. And he just fucking busts up laughing again. Like he just has these little, needle like hey just this just look at yeah this. like, like junior right didn't do much but what he did were things that i totally got why they were funny and they genuine they made me laugh usually even the ichiro one i was like the way that he snuck the cup to him <laughs> and the way jimmy slowly kind of like pulled it out there yeah, was like, a yeah. lot of tension building there it made me laugh <laughs> he didn't say he didn't say anything he didn't set up anything he just quietly like this is for you and it worked and there's yeah. there's another one there's, that they do here where uh, somebody after they're cracking eggs in his mouth, somebody just sets one on like a candle holder. Uh -huh. And then he says, Jimmy even looks at it on like one of their break periods and says, who did this? Who would laugh at this? And this comes in handy later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a real window into his brain where he's like, who, the, who put an egg here? And everyone's like, who the fuck cares? Why would you ask? Who And... Then as he gets kicked off the show for like looking at a name written on a cup, uh, he explains that he didn't really recognize it as a candlestick and he thought it was a scale. And so he thought the egg was somehow magically weightless and not tipping the scale. So his own brain's nonsense made him laugh. Like he imagined an entire world <laughs> where everything is different. And in that world, an egg is unusual. And then in that world, he laughed. 
And everyone's like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you even come on a show like this? Because <laughs> he's, he's, trying, so he's trying to do like a bit or something. It's right after the Ichiro thing. It's so early in the show. And they're like, Jimmy, look at the egg. And he's like, no, I'm not going to look at the egg. Like, Jimmy, look at the egg. And then he's almost going to boss. And they're like, hey, Jimmy, look at the egg. He doesn't even look at the egg. He just starts laughing. And they're like, yeah. why? And then he reveals that, yeah, he thought the egg was... <laughs> Like they're like, why? Why would you laugh at the egg? And like, if the scale isn't working, it's a fucking candle. It's clearly a candle holder. Yeah, and he that has was this, a good reveal. He has this really yeah. sad outro where he talks about like how weak he is and disappointed yeah. in himself. It's he's just like getting too old for this shit. Yeah, he <laughs> said so he sad. he didn't get to do any of his bits, and then when they brought him back as a zombie, he revealed the big bit that he wanted to do was to take off his dress and show that the boobs that he'd made were too globes and he said world cups mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Crushed the it. worst it's the worst joke you could possibly write like i don't I, I could not beat that if you told me to write bad comedy i could think mm-hmm. for a month and i would never beat that i was proud of him i'm not gonna lie because it was the first thing that resembled a joke i was like i get the structure of this jimmy you're you're yeah. you tried and it's somehow it's worse edgy laffy taffy worse yeah. for resembling a joke and then one of his other bits that he comes back later as a zombie is he comes back and he has a demon mask over his crotch and then he has pulled his erect penis through as the nose of the demon because their demons have long noses. And uh, mm-hmm. he says, Singapore, like Singapore, but with my dick. These are the bits. These are the bits that he brought that he was so disappointed he didn't get yeah. to do them. Uh, yeah. In the intro, I was talking about tearing off my armpit hair and putting it on a little paddle. <laughs> And then framing my face and saying, Miko des. Like, that's his other bit. Those are the three that he's like, oh, man, I, I, this would have killed. I, I tear off my armpit hair. I put it on my face. I say a girl's name <laughs> six times. And it doesn't, it doesn't get anybody. Nobody is even close. They're just like, why, why is this? What yeah. is this? What? No. And so, Singapore was especially torturous because it was like five minutes of just a close up of his dick. <laughs> Just his right. dick pulled through a mask, like wrapped in saran wrap. And he's just like, him, like saying over and it. over, Singapore. Yeah. Singapore. Yeah, it's so clumsy just as comedy, but also like he can't like get his pants off. Like he can't like even do the big reveal and like part of it breaks off while he's trying to do it. And they're like, okay, Jimmy, do you need us to wait for you to finish there, pal? <laughs> and that's kind of what gets picking people- you up, Jimmy. Are you going to be okay? <laughs> that's what gets people is like how much of a mess he is. Like just how badly <laughs> things fall apart on him. Cause there's another bit where he comes in as a zombie and they, they do like a bit and it doesn't really work. And they turn around to leave and he just stubs his toe on like a cabinet and then like trips over a little stuffed animal and he gets two people out. <laughs> Yep, the that biggest, was great. I love that. The biggest laugh of the show that is him just so stumbling funny. a little bit and going, ow, and then fucking they <laughs> <Yeah>. die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's another bit that was uh, so truly insane. It was kind of like, uh, I, I think it's when they were waxing uh, Ken Koba. They were, they were like rubbing, you know, Brazilian wax all over his uh, junk and trying to, trying to crank off the, his pubic hair. Uh, it didn't work. I think it made his dong pop out, and that—that's how a spit curl got kicked out. Because when the, he was down in his crotch and his little dick popped out, pop right in his face, and he's like, he just couldn't keep it together. And um, so I like the setup to this moment, which is that the Chow guy, Tamura, 
who did the waxing, he started all of this because there was like a downtime and he just quietly pulls out his dick and there's no yeah. bit. He even says in advance, like I wax down there and then he pulls out his dick and sure enough, he waxed down there. Like there's no bit. He just lets you know ahead of time. And then, then the Kendo, the UFC looking guy kind of just pulls his dick out too. Like, I guess it's time to do dick stuff. <laughs> just no bits, so no early. bits prepared, no jokes. They're just like, yep, it's it's dicks now. It's like episode really? two that they were doing this, right? That the- yeah, it's really early. It's yeah. So early. Real, and then they start, early. then they come up with like, okay, let's wax, let's wax Kendo. It shouldn't, I should also know they, they, they were doing it over their uneaten sushi. Like they get the food and they order this beautiful two, two plate of sushi and then everyone starts pulling their pubic hair out over the food. <laughs> the costs, I, I looked it up, uh, $1,700. Oh my that. God. All of it went to waste. Yes, they, $1,690 they, of, them, of it went to waste. They did some bits with them. Yeah. They dipped it in that fucking poison that Jimmy drank. <laughs> uh, and that one created... If this is to believe, it created a chemical reaction on the the fatty tuna that turned it all black. And so the one guy was like spitting up like horror juice. But again, I don't know if that was a bit. It was never made clear if, haha, I'm doing this to be funny or if, oh my God, guys, do not put the tuna in the the medicine. I think that was real because it was Cheekbones who did it and his bits were extremely weak. So I don't yeah. think he could come up with chemical reaction tuna. Yeah, agree. <laughs> my, my favorite bit that that guy did was an anti-bit, basically, where he just came out with blue contacts and said he was half Japanese. Yeah, what the fuck? And That's the joke, a- is that half Japanese people exist. Well, okay, I think that's it. I thought for a minute, I was like, my God, this might be brilliant. You know when you've been watching it too long and you're like, right. are they comedy geniuses? Because it was like, you're expecting a bit. And they're asking him all these questions. They're like, where do you work? And he's just like, oh, I work at I work at the train station. And it's like the joke is there is no bit. They're like waiting for him to do something wacky. And he's like, I'm just a guy. I'm just like, why are you asking me these questions? You're so innocent. The joke was when the punchline was when he whipped off the sunglasses he was wearing and revealed that he's wearing blue contacts. And he says, I'm half Japanese. Okay. Yeah. So I missed then, the joke because it was just just yes, racist. Because it was just racist. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the contacts were also like too subtle, so someone's like, "Wait, are you wearing contacts?" Like it wasn't like clear. <laughs> yeah. Right. They were like dark blue, and they were like, "Oh, okay. I guess if you uh, look close." But what was great is uh, while they're doing all the 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 dick waxing and all this nonsense going on, like Hollywood just leaves. He's like, "Oh, these guys are waxing dicks. I'm out of here." And he comes back and he's dressed as like a newspaper hobo. Yeah. And then he asks someone to touch his dick. He's like, "Guys, I'm going to show you how to do dick stuff." And so someone does. They're like, yeah, everybody's game for everything. So they they touch him on the dong. And then he goes, uh, oh, 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 Ichimaso this, which uh, I learned from the subtitles means uh, I'm about to come. It seems like uh, I would have picked that up from adult uh, material, but uh, I don't watch Japanese pornography. They, they, they blur the genitals. I think that's childish. Um, so anyway, he they do this. 50 times, 100 times. How many times do you think they do this? So long. It goes so long. Everybody does it over and over and over. It's like five straight minutes of just going, oh, 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 I'm about to come. And nobody laughs. laughs. It works on nobody. Yeah, Yeah. I don't think it has a prayer of it. I also think uh, Zakoshi definitely smiled during that when he first came out and he was dressed as a newspaper goblin. And I think there were a couple times when they let it go because they thought he was like kind of making a face as part of the bit. Yeah, when you make a stupid face all the time. Yeah, but when he was standing like there wait, waiting for them to look at him, he was smiling for sure. There's a mm-hmm. there's a bit. I wound up loving the UFC guy, Kendo, so much 
because while they're waxing his dick and uh, Shigeo, the little smiley baseball boy, says, such a well-behaved penis. <laughs> and Kendo just like gets this big friendly grin Huge on his smile. face yeah. and then starts kind of chuckling a little bit. And you're like, they cut to the interview after he gets the point, like, what were you thinking? And he's like, I was just having such a good time with my friends. And like, I was so happy he complimented me. I thought that was adorable. It was yeah. really adorable. For again, such an adorable moment as we're watching a grown man with his dick out get involuntarily waxed by his friends. Yeah. And you're like, oh, what a cute moment. It's heartwarming. <laughs> there was a, a moment of like real concern for me there because they put so much wax on him. And then the first try like did not pull it off. And then I was thinking like, oh my God, what are they going to do? Like they still need to get that wax off of him. But like, and then they just let it harden yeah, and it, go. And you're like, this yeah, is getting I worse. Gonna fully wax this that is going to be worse by the minute. <laughs> dangerous. It's very dangerous. Like there, he did not, he came out of that with chunks of flesh missing. So let's talk about um, the other element they added to this season where they can call a helper. So Yamachi is the first one to try this. Um, and Hitoshi explains, it's like a capsule monster. You know, it's, it's like a capsule monster. <laughs> of course. Uh, so, <laughs> so he calls a former professional boxer in and they get in a big argument about uh, how he should quit. The boxer's like, no, I think I can do it. And he's like, no, you should quit. And then they train and the whole bit is the boxer just starts punching him in the stomach and they picks him up and fucking knocks him down with another body shot. And they just keep doing that over and over. And I was like, this shouldn't be funny, but like something about this works on me. And that's when I was like, I think Yamachi might be the actual secret comedy genius. He was yeah, great. I, I thought he was set that up really well. Let's talk about his big moment first. next. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, you go ahead. Well, he like, I like the way that he called the guy on the phone first. He was like, I'm going to call my yeah. friend. And he basically calls him and is like, I think you suck at fighting and you should quit. Like, you really, you just, you suck so bad. And I, the thing you were going to come here and do, like, don't do it because it's going to be horrible. It's going to be too much. <laughs> and then the guy shows up and he's like, it says like a former heavyweight boxing champion. And yeah, he's like Japanese in, Mike Tyson. Like you're supposed, you're supposed to recognize him immediately right. as like you're gonna get destroyed they and clearly recognize him and at the end of the show so uh hitoshi says i think the only reason that uh the guy that won didn't laugh at that bit was because he didn't know who the guy was he, yeah he didn't know was. he had no idea he was the only one who didn't know <laughs> everybody else is like oh my gosh and then the guy comes in and just beats the crap out of yamaguchi <laughs> <laughs> and it is really funny, but I think it's because I really like the setup of it where he was just like, oh, you're a terrible boxer. I mean, Don't come here. For context, it would be like Jimmy Carr calling somebody and then they walk in and it's Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson just rails Jimmy Carr in the gut over and over and over again for like five minutes as you're like, oh, my God, stop. He's going to die. There's another one where uh, Akiyama comes in with just a completely random old woman and does what looks like college campus joke bits where he's like having her play the piano on his tummy and trying to get her to touch his dick yeah, and she won't do it. It's very like to 2001 to... college campus bit. Yeah, like, yeah. There would be a meeting. Yeah, did yes. not like that bit. And uh, yeah, she's kind of a good sport, but also has a line of what is whimsy and what is sexual assault. And... And it ends, and um, 
It's very, very strange. Hitoshi comes in and compliments her. He says, oh, I really liked your shyness. Very, very good, bold, comedic decisions. Yeah, he said, I like that she wasn't that into it was the exact I love, I love how that ends. How that ends is that, because it's not, he doesn't, uh, Akiyama, who orchestrates the bit and the whole bit, is like, I want her to touch me inappropriately. And she's an old woman. She doesn't want to do it, which is a terrible bit. But she's so, like, adorable and, like, just kind of game yeah. she was she's kind game for game, it. but also like <laughs> has firm boundaries and is like no and then towards the end he has a position called 69 this is what we're gonna do and you're like grown and then she like smiles really big and she goes that's my age <laughs> and that's yeah, that yeah. got a laugh yeah that's what gets like <laughs> yeah she actually got the laugh i like that. yeah that's what gets kendo out because he thought that was adorable kendo was just like mm-hmm. that was so cute she was so cute uh then another guy uh zakoshi calls his helper in and it is some guy who says that uh he's there he was trying to do a lady kabuki act but he's like he can't find his costume uh, no, and so uh, that's somebody else's zakoshi's helper was the guy that looks like uh rivers kiyomo he comes out yeah and, that's a, that's that guy yeah. that sean's talking yeah that's about. what i'm talking about no the kabuki guy was he had just like the kabuki there, makeup and there he was were naked. two kabuki guys there, there were two yeah so yeah, he comes in and Zakoshi says, hey, you need to do a Lady Kabuki act. And he's like, dude, that's a lot of prep. Uh, and so... Oh, was it But yeah, kabuki? it did sound like I, I was describing... I didn't get the Kabuki It did sound act. like I was describing the other one. You're right. So so he's like, hey, do a Kabuki act. And he's like, a Lady Kabuki act that takes a lot of prep. And he's like, go, 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 hurry up. And he runs in the back, comes out. 0.1 milliseconds later, butt-ass naked, and screams, I'm a woman, and just pulls up his junk. And uh, he does like a happy his- clapping dance. Hi, yeah. hi, 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 hi. And then he goes, I'm a woman. But the, the thing that got him was how incredible. fast he got naked. Yeah. And I timed it and it was three <laughs> seconds and he's wearing nothing tear away. He's got jeans. He's got sneakers on. He's got a sweater. Two layers. Yeah. Yes. Got- T-shirt and sweater over it he's- and glasses. And so the second like that curtain closes, it rips back open and he sprints back out fully naked and it should be impossible. <laughs> like I thought the first time I saw yeah. that, I thought they I were using like it. twins. Like, they were, like, <laughs> is this the prestige? Am I watching yeah, the, the prestige? prestige? <laughs> Magic tricks too good. That was the stupidest joke that made me laugh really hard. And I think it was the energy with which he enters the room. Like, you know, in anime, when they, they do that thing where they like kick two feet up into the air and fly through the air, even though that doesn't seem like humanly possible. Like that was the way he entered the room. Just n- nothing in his body was touching the ground. He just rocketed in and he's fully nude. Pure adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> the adrenaline of someone who's not normally naked in front of others. Yeah. And that's how he oh, meets. So they, that, they reveal he's never met after like uh, after somebody laughs. Matsumoto comes in, who apparently is like really big in the Japanese comedy scene. He's like a, an executive of his own, you know, uh, studio and everything. And so this newcomer comic, who just got completely <laughs> naked, is standing there completely naked. And Matsumoto comes in and goes, "Nice to meet you." And he has to like bow very deeply. Yeah, like I've never seen you with clothes. It's like meeting Adam Sandler, and you're totally nude. That has happened. I'm sure many, many times. <laughs> uh, there's another uh, Yamachi I was very impressed with. There's another one where he comes out dressed as like a chiropractor. Oh, man. And he he has people come up and he's going to like work on their bunions. And he just starts sucking their feet, licking it from heel to toe, like dead face. It's like the just... suddenness because he, he, he times yeah. that so well where he asks for their foot. And like the second it touches his leg, 
he deep throats the, the man's entire <laughs> foot. And he's just so, so stunned that he's just on the ropes immediately and just erotically tongue bathes every inch of this man's foot as he just writhes and screams and finally laughs. He gets two people with that. Two people right in a row. Yeah. However, yeah, someone agreed to it after. Is that tickling though? Like I felt like if that were me, I'm very tick- my feet are very ticklish. I would be laughing because he's tickling me, which one of the right. guys said I would that's tickling. And I agree with that. There was a long discussion about that, and I think that's uh, I think that's fair. I like um, see that's why I find the show fascinating is that they can then sit there and be like, well, do you think it was the tickling, or do you think it was the suddenness, or do you think it was the the motion he used to dive to deep throat the foot? I believe that that suddenness of that motion was what mm-hmm. made you laugh, and not the tickling. Right. They had a whole fucking courtroom drama. Yeah, about you got to gotta sit there and argue tickling. the finer points of deep throating a man's foot suddenly. <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing where I was very drawn in, where I had like a strong opinion on it. I was like yelling at the TV, like that's tickling. <laughs> There's a bit I loved where uh, Cheekbones was like, "Hey, let me take a picture of you," and then he quickly takes a picture of himself. And then uh, Ken Koba, who's the local bully, he says, "Like, dude, I know what that fucking is. You do that as your act." And then everyone's kind of like, oh, dude, you're doing your act. And and then everyone starts ganging up on him. They're like, people laugh at that? And he's like, just very wholeheartedly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is like, what I do. It's funny. They laugh at that. This is my bit. I, I take a picture of myself at the last second. Um, not everything has to mean something, guys. And there, this this is like a recurring theme, is that they never laugh at anybody's act, both because they've seen it before and because scripted kind of prepared comedy is not what makes other comedians laugh. Like you get how it mm-hmm. works. It, it hardly ever works on you, especially like in the moment. And so this comes up a lot in the show. And I would like to reiterate because we're not talking about it enough. I think because we hate it is how often <laughs> Zakoshi is in between all of these bits that we're discussing that we actually liked just going Durr, yeah. Durr, ah. and, <laughs> and then falling just, over yeah. <laughs> and pulling his dick out and waving it up and down and going Durr. And everybody is fucking cracking up. They're getting cards left and right. He gets like five points. He gets no cards. This whole show he's absolutely destroying and is involved in none of the bits that we liked. Well, yeah, to add a layer to the Fart Monica bit, Zakoshi is running around them in a circle in a luchador mask that looks like a tiger with no shirt on and very tight pants and slapping his belly the entire time they're doing Fart Monica and yeah. not getting any, any laughs, but just like adding color to it. Well, yeah, Junior was sitting up. there like trying not to die. Like, yeah. At that, just this <laughs> this man in a luchador mask quietly dancing. And he was like, that's the funniest thing. They cut to him again. Like they cut to Matsumoto going, how can anybody withstand this? How can anybody withstand this? <laughs> onslaught of silliness. There's a bit that they played that seems like a pretty standard improv game where they, they took a bunch of pictures of people and put it on the table. And then whoever has like a funny thing for them to say slaps the table and like improvs a catchphrase for them. It's really nothing. It's, it's uh, you know, whose line is it anyway type of game. So um, uh, there's a bit that gets two of them out where they like slap at the same time and they look at each other like, oh, are you going to go? Are you going to go? And just that little meat cute makes them both laugh, which I thought was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> but But the best one was... Uh, cheekbones slaps the table. He's like, oh, here comes my joke. And he goes, he looks at a picture of this guy. And he goes, uh, don't, 
uh, hug me around the waist. And like, of course, everyone's like, what the fuck was that? And But it was like so dumb that it, after a couple seconds, it, it just hits a guy like how incompetent that was. And he starts laughing. Well, he realizes after a minute, he's like, what the fuck was that? And then the, <laughs> yeah, the chief like, guy goes, I don't know who he is. <laughs> so he just thought this looks like the kind of man that would say don't hug me. It's so like, yeah. the levels that you go, how badly that did not work is what works. Yeah, that, Tim Heidecker character. That's what I really enjoy the language barrier when they're doing the catchphrases for these people and not a single one makes any sense to any of us. So I didn't right. know that like that was a bad catchphrase. <laughs> I was like, maybe this guy famously doesn't like to be hugged yeah, around the waist. How is this any worse than what anything else you have said? I, I don't yeah. understand. One of the other ones was like, there are too many cars outside. <laughs> right. Like, that classic like, Maybe bit. he sells used cars. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of them where I'm like, that guy must do car commercials or something. Like, I just assumed I didn't know something. But when he said that, I just kind of knew in my heart he'd fucked up. <laughs> he just said something that doesn't mean anything. Everybody yeah, he had no did. confidence in the delivery. So he, there's a point later in the show, very late. We're we're actually pretty late in the show, uh, where he puts more contacts in, like Marilyn Manson contacts, and he comes right. back out and he doesn't have a bit, or his bit got like stepped on or something. So he never gets to do anything with them. And he just wanders around for a very long time with Marilyn Manson contacts in with like nobody talking about it. <laughs> and so it finally comes time for him to take the contacts out. And maybe this is the bit. He's like, I don't know how to take contacts out. And so he's yeah, trying to I think like, that was the bit I thought, which is yeah. nothing. And so he's trying to take contacts out. And then all three of the others, I think it's, uh, uh, is it junior? It's was... and, Yamauchi. uh, Yamauchi. I'll like go down to the other side of the table across from where he has to look and like peer shyly over the table at him. And I thought that was pretty funny. Like that's the funny so thing to do. Yeah, I love that. And then Zakoshi completely ruins it by standing up and like putting his balls on the table. <laughs> shoving them like, out of the way. So shoving them out of the way. And I'm like, on come on, that's nothing. That fucking gets Got him. That gets cheekbones. Yeah. And he, he even says, what am I doing laughing at somebody's balls? Just one of my favorite quotes. <laughs> I will say he really put them down with some force and there was like a slap sound that was pretty good. It is good. And they cut to his exit interview and he once again says, Sakoshi is too tough. He is. (laughs) He's amazing. Uh, Another guest someone brought in, uh, Smiley Face, uh, brought a guy in that he was just playing like a high school bully, but he was like a 50-year-old man. And he makes... Zakoshi take off his shorts. He like and steals then he his starts, pants? Yeah. And then he makes Junior take off his pants. And so he's trying to pull his pants down. And it makes Junior laugh because it was just so clumsy. Like it was just so dumb. And also he couldn't take his pants off. Right. Because and, he's wearing like skinny jeans. Like at, at that point, Zakoshi, at this point in the show, this is kind of getting late in the show. He is just in like a Speedo. So stealing a Speedo right. is nothing. But Junior is in like skinny jeans. He's got combat boots all laced up. So he goes to pull down his pants and like the mic comes with it and gets around his ankles and Junior starts like untying his boots, trying to cooperate with the bit. And then he freezes for like a second and then starts laughing because he's like, I'm untying my boots to help you (laughs) strip me for a bit. And it's just, it's not working. (laughs) 40 minutes. Especially because he's supposed to be like stealing his pants. And he's like, oh, let me help you steal my pants. I can tell this is hard. It just stumps them. And uh, here at the end, I guess, uh, 
Should, uh, was there more we should talk about or should we just skip? No, I'm good. To, to the, the, the one thing that we didn't talk about that I wanted to ask you about that I should have mentioned at the beginning but forgot was, did you guys understand the shirt that said Salt and Mugs California Slack Life? No, I have no okay. idea. Did Is you, that anything? Did you understand the shirt that said, "I'm excuse me, I'm growing my bangs out? <laughs> I didn't see that. That was Yamauchi's shirt, I think. Okay, it, just, I did, yeah. it just had a woman with bangs, and it said, "Excuse me, I'm growing my bangs out," and I kind of loved it. I was like, I don't know why, but that gets me. I want that shirt. <laughs> okay, yeah, I just I was like, "Is salt and mugs California slack life?" I could I kept saying <laughs> it over know. and over to myself, trying to make it into like. What could it mean? Yeah. Okay. So that's nothing. Okay. That's nothing. That's what our tattoos say in in in. Asian yeah, script. That's yeah, that's what they'll think of you. So it, it, that's what my Asian back tattoo says. It comes down to the end of the show and the entire, like the entire last episode. The last episode is only like forty minutes long, where they're usually an hour. The entire last episode is just Zakoshi and Junior, and Junior, th- we've established, thinks Zakoshi is funny as hell. Every time he makes the stupid face, yeah. Every time he gets his dick out, and the entire. Last 40 minutes of the show are just the most annoying guy you've ever seen going and swinging his dick around and another man just going, oh, my God, he's so powerful. This is comedy genius. What am I going to do? He, he has no offense at all. No, he's like, just trying right. to survive. No it just shuts him down completely. But here's the thing is that monkey that repeats the things you say. Uh, they turn that on. And so he's screaming this crazy shit. So Koshi's just screaming nonsense sounds and the monkey's repeating him. And the nonsense sounds get longer and longer and longer. And that's where uh, we discovered the monkey repeats from when you start talking and seems to have an unlimited duration. So if he screams for 40 seconds, the monkey then screams for 40 seconds. And it's so fucking funny. Uh, But then uh, it was Junior's idea to set the monkey out to try to get Zakoshi. But then like halfway through when he realizes what's happening in this feedback loop, he has to like reach out and turn the monkey off because he's just getting himself. Yeah, uh, which is like a genius plan. If you have no nothing you can do, just let the guy scream at the monkey until he laughs. Yeah. That could work. It might, yeah. It, the monkey like made me laugh out loud alone watching this show. The monkey was like, the great. monkey was funny as shit. And that was brought so by then, the least funny guy next to Zagoshi, Kano Eiko, the cheekbone right. guy. Just brought the monkey. What a genius prop to bring. Great job. Yeah. He had a, a bit where he came in as like a lady nutcracker, Cheekbones did, and he like needed a PSP cable. He's yeah. like, hey, you guys have a PSP cable? And they're like, what the fuck? And they ask him what he's playing, and he's like, oh, it's my great pleasure to be playing um, Tetris. Like, he didn't even have a game he ready. Had nothing this, oh. ready, but except for I'm going to come at the entirety of his skit was I'm going to come out dressed as lady nutcracker and ask for a PSP cable, and nobody understood it. <laughs> And they kept trying to like find where the bit was supposed to go. Yeah, yeah, they're was trying this, to build it for it him. Was so that long. was the same as his other bit. His I'm half I'm half Japanese bit. It's like he could, he has sort of an idea for a character, but no idea of how to make that character funny. <laughs> right. So he's like, I'm just gonna kind of walk out and be like, "This is it, guys." What do you think? <laughs> I'm, I'm Jeff. I like bikes. Uh, is that it? Uh, uh, and this is going. What do you think? The opening of "Do you have a PSP cable?" though. That yeah. did, did make me laugh. It's so weirdly specific. And like, yes. what are you thinking to do with a PSP cable right now? Like, 
I did like that. See, but I then, thought, yeah, no follow up. Like immediately because it was so weirdly specific, I I did not laugh because my brain was like, oh, this is a reference to something I didn't get. And then I right. laughed later when it became clear this is not a reference to something I don't get. <laughs> yeah, that's his secret. He's so terrible at it that it hits you that. Oh, what am I missing? I'm not missing anything. He's a fucking idiot. And that's funny. <laughs> that, is, yeah. that did get me several times. Where it was just like <laughs> the realization of I'm not missing anything. He's just fucking stupid. Which is what he promised. Like we got what was on the he box. Was, he said he was the most self-aware man on this show. He was like, I, I'm just an idiot and nobody laughs. At me. <laughs> Wish I wasn't, but uh, this is, this is how it is. So uh, we talked about how, um, Junior actually got put out by that weird bully pulling his pants off. So, so Koshi does not get the kill for the final, even though at this point he's got five points. He's got more points than anybody else on the show and has not had any cards. Right. And I would give him six because, uh, they, Junior had three points, but one of those was actually when, uh, Zakoshi was playing the harmonica with the monkey. They gave the point to Junior because Junior put the monkey in front of him, but like Zakoshi executed the laugh. Well, Junior the, gave him the, the harmonica, is, and I would argue okay, that's what yeah. that's what made the point. I would give that that's, point to Junior. Yeah. Right. So Zakoshi basically is completely dominated. Almost everything that's happened, he's been involved in. He he probably has half the laughs on the show. Um, so he now wins, but it, he sort of didn't get the final point. And I guess they decided like, okay, fuck, we got to have a better ending than this. So they say <laughs> there's like 40 minutes left. Zakoshi's by himself. They're like, all right, we're just going to fucking have everyone else come out and try to make you laugh while you're here by yourself, which is unprecedented. It's just like we're we're just dedicating the show to fucking with you now. Yeah, I thought it was and, such BS, too. I was mad about it. I'm mm-hmm. like, this guy's dominated the show and you're going to make him go through the. I get why. Like, it's a TV show, but like it for fairness purposes, I think that Hitoshi just didn't like that. He it was too had- easy. It was too easy. He didn't have him. any cards. Yeah. yeah like he was like, you're not getting out of the show with no cards. Yeah. Without any. It was the most dominant victory in the history of the show. I, the cleanest win. I don't know why they didn't just stop it there, but they kept going. So they, they bring him in and they bring in Ken Koba and Akiyama and they do their very famous passionate hand job routine. They do the hand job routine again. They did it on season three and they come back <laughs> yes. out and he like, they come back in together and they're like, I know what's going to get him. I'm going to give this man a complete hand job with lubrication <laughs> right in front of him. Yes. It's, yeah, I can't stress enough how much it was just him giving the guy a hand job. That's all it was. Well, they have him, and it was so long. They have him lay down yeah. on a table and then they have Zakoshi sit right in front of his head and like look deep into his eyes while another man just starts giving him a, an under the underwear, full grasping, lubricated hand job for I want to say 20 minutes, just 20 minutes of him just Sounds getting like a hand job. I left the room for part of it. I was like, okay, <laughs> I can go do other things then right they, now. They decide to be fair. There was a propeller move that was a comedic hand job, but other than that, it was mostly just what it, it was. Uh, and you could tell Kendo was trying to fix his one regret, which was that he didn't <laughs> yeah. ejaculate. He was really he trying. He was going for it. He yeah. was trying. He thought that was going to seal the deal. And uh, that didn't work, so they, they made Zakoshi get on the table, and they made him get a hand job for like Which another. Which is again tickling, like he's the way he was touching him. I swear was tickling. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't describe a hand job as tickling. 
but okay. <laughs> like there was a swirly. It was a pretty was tickly handjob. Yeah, it was a tickly yeah. handjob. Like, and, and he's under his underwear and he's touching his skin. And I just thought, I think, I think they shouldn't be allowed to touch. I think it would make me much more comfortable if they couldn't touch. Yeah, certainly. And also, it would certainly I be a was... lot, a lot more ethically viable if they yeah. were not allowed to touch. But that's how fucking. Fearless Sakoshi is, though. He agrees to a tickly handjob on a TV show where he's not supposed to laugh or cheat on his wife. Like, he's game for anything. <laughs> Just do it. And then he farts on Akiyama during this. And he says some shit that Amazon didn't even translate. It's like like four lines that it didn't translate. Yeah, they, and those are the only I thought my subtitles were broken, but no, they yeah, were like, the you subtitles can't. subtitles were turned off. You can't know Whatever this. Akiyama said was fucking filthy. And so uh, I, I love that. Zakoshi was fully spread eagle getting his loins rubbed, just like nothing's going to make me laugh. I'm fucking <laughs> do whatever, whatever you want. Um, and at this point, then I Matsumoto, yeah, Matsumoto in the background watching on his fucking Dr. Claw supervillain lair says, <laughs> he just muses, like, I would love to see Jimmy do this. And then seconds later, yes. Jimmy walks in and yep. says, I would like a hand job. And so they sit everybody else down. There's now like three people on a couch, one guy on a table, and another guy is giving Jimmy a hand job, like this weird little gremlin of a man that you should <laughs> like not they're touch. All you shouldn't touch him. Hand job school, just watching, learning how to do it. And this is the last forty minutes of this show is just various men getting hand jobs on a table. Yeah, and I did not like. I don't like to think of Jimmy as a sexual creature. He's more of like a giant special needs baby. And so watching him have like this sort of erotic experience was troubling to me. Like, yeah, he didn't look like, like he knew uh, what to like do. With Je- it. it was a very Jeff Fahey lawnmower man type of moment for me. And like he was starting his dick like a Boy Scout fire, like he had it between his hands, and he was like, <laughs> and Jimmy is screaming, "Stop!" And uh, so all of it is just uncomfortable in a lot of directions. Uh, and what's also weird is that Akiyama seems to know all the catchphrases, procedures, and protocols for a handjob massage well. parlor. Yeah, he seems to like, have that down. It's not like a comedic bit. It's like, hey, gentlemen, it's more fun if you bring your friends. It's like, dude, someone said that to you at a massage parlor. Or, and he's yeah. like, hey, do you want this VIP treatment? It's like, yeah, this is all real shit someone said to you. I, I like to think he learned relatable all of experience. from an actual handjob yeah. place, including the propeller. I hope so. I hope he was and like, this shit's tell- funny. When this was over, they were all broken in so many ways. They were all, mm-hmm. they gave up after that. Like, that's why that bit was so long, because they showed us every single second of it. They didn't cut an instant, because after that, nobody wanted to go back in there with Zakoshi. They were like, that man is not going to laugh. He's not human. And yet he does just- when uh, Akiyama comes in with just like a really creepy skin mask. And that's yeah. what gets him. He smirks a little. Probably wouldn't have got a card anywhere else, but he does get one card. From a guy in a skin mask. The only thing that makes him laugh is when you wear another man's face. Yeah. <laughs> That's the that. only thing he thought it's was called funny. the Travolta. And then Jimmy but runs then runs back in to do the Miko desk, desk bit again, which nobody <laughs> yeah. ever understood and never came close to working. And he thinks that should be in the finale. <laughs> yeah, that is that is basically the the last thing that happens. Is, no, no, uh, the, the last bit is, I love oh. this. It was just... The, the guy that smoked the entire time mm-hmm. uh, coming back into the room and saying, why don't you laugh? Why don't you fucking it, laugh, I'll fucking, you dick. 
and shoving him and just yeah. saying, why don't you try laughing? Just laugh. Like he was so frustrated and he's just shoving the guy. He's like, just laugh, just do it. <laughs> See, I think it's fascinating, like watching that last 40 minutes or so where it's pure raw animal desperation. Like <laughs> this is kind of like watching men try to kill each other on like an island for food. It's just such a, such such an like inhuman desperation where everything breaks down and nothing makes sense. And people are just like wandering off and this guy will not laugh and you can't do anything about it, but it's your job to still keep trying over and over again. It's so it's torture for everyone, but Zakoshi who's having the time of his life. Who's, who's loving it. The monster that lives on this Island. that's just like, yum, 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 yum. Like eating up all (laughs) these little boys that have come here. And like I said, running around doing bits when they're not in the room, he's the only one left. There's no one to make laugh. And he's like making his stupid faces for himself. Yeah. I like to think Jimmy was in the back, just unhinging his jaw like a hungry hippo the way he does. One of my favorite things about Jimmy was that he comes back in as a zombie to do his bits after he's already eliminated, but he still thinks he can't laugh. So every time he wants to laugh, he does that unhinged like fucking carp mouth face. And people like, keep telling him, Jimmy, you can laugh. Jimmy, you can you laugh. Can't and get he anything can't, right. He can't do it. He, like on three separate occasions, he comes in and forgets that he can't laugh. And he's doing like his carp face. People are like, Jimmy, what are you doing? <laughs> and I would think that would be your biggest um, advantage as a zombie is that now you can laugh. Right, laughter is contagious. Use that. Yeah. <laughs> he can't get it through his head that that's through there. Anyway, so that's that's how Zakoshi wins. Dominates completely. Found it utterly fascinating. His like the exit interview they do. They cut to everybody talking about like he's invincible. He's so powerful. He's amazing. <laughs> and then uh, Matsumoto just goes, "He's a true champion without a doubt." The Michael Jordan of making silly faces. Uh, of going dur and having his dick out. He's a true champion of dur and dick out. The Meryl Streep of showing you his balls. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. Who's a podcast canal? Unmit Maximalin Shaw. Doc Frankfurt podcast. Correct. Yeah. Mike Ditka here. Grabowski is a kid who isn't a fair-haired kid on the block because everybody wants to be that kid. That's a Smith. And a Grabowski has to, is a bad guy a little bit, but not a bad guy. A Grabowski has to work a little bit harder. It's the American dream. Here are the most supreme Grabowskis I know. Free finger Louis Grabowski. Aaron Croston is one hell of a Grabowski. Adrian H. Grabowski. The H stands for Grabowski. Aiden Moet Grabowski. Alpha scientist Javo Grabowski. Andreas Larson is so Grabowski it has become a problem with friends and loved ones. Armando Nava Grabowski. Benjamin Cyronin Grabowski. Bim Talzer Grabowski. Brandon Garlock Grabowski. Brian Saylor Grabowski. Brianne Whitney Grabowski. Brockway Loves the Meat Millie Grabowski Jr. Cyril the Grab Grabowski. Rev Grabowski the Grabowski Mechanic. Chase McPherson Grabowski. Chris Brower the Power Grabowski. Curious Glare Grabowski. 
Dan B, a Grabowski tonight. Dean Costello Grabowski. Donald Finney Grabowski. Dr. Awkward Grabowski, my family doctor and personal Grabowski. Eric Spalding Grabowski. Fancy Shark Grabowski. Jellaho Grabowski. Hambone Grabowski. Haraka Grabowski. Hot Fart Grabowski. A Grabowski's kind of a fart in an elevator of society, you know? Jaber L. Aiden Grabowski. John Dean Grabowski. John McCammon Grabowski. John Minkoff Grabowski, the Grabowski Weapons Master. Josh S. Grabowski. Ken Paisley Grabowski. K&M Grabowski, and that stands for Killer New Motherfather Grabowski. A Grabowski doesn't swear, but he lets you know when he wanted to. Laziest Man on Mars Grabowski. The hardest working Grabowski. Mark Grabowski, the laziest Grabowski. Matt Riley Grabowski. Michael Lair Grabowski and Michael Wells Grabowski. We call them the Mike Grabowski brothers. They are not brothers. Mike Stiles Grabowski. Moju Grabowski. N.D. Grabowski, and that stands for No Dog Grabowski. They're the Sassy Grabowski. Neil Bailey Grabowski. Neil Schaefer Grabowski. Nick Ralston Grabowski. Nick H. Grabowski, and the H stands for Grabowski again. Ozzy Olin Grabowski. Patrick Herbst Grabowski. Rain Vargas Grabowski. The Grabowskiest Grabowski. Rhiannon Grabowski. Rich Joslin Grabowski. Sarkovsky Grabowski, who was already part Grabowski, the ski park. Toasty God Grabowski. Tom Sakula Grabowski. Tommy G Grabowski. And the G stands for Good. Yosarian Grabowski. And Timmy Leahy Smith. You know what that means, Grabowskis. This man is a natural born enemy of Grabowskis everywhere. I declare a Grabowski holy war. Every true and faithful Grabowski must pick up axe and flame and take to the streets to- No, get off me. No corner of this earth can be rendered safe for a smith or I will not think this through. I have justice on my side. You can't silence the Grabowskis. We are Legion. We are Grabowski. We will have our revenge.